Welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word, the podcast that empowers you to say, fuck being fine. Tired of being stuck in a place where you say everything's fine when it's really not fine at all? You're not alone. I'm your host, Lori Seitz. I've been there too, and so have my guests. Here's a secret. All it takes is a conscious decision to change and then restructure beliefs so your actions take you in the right direction. That's where fine is a four-letter word comes in. Each week, you'll hear inspiring stories from people who have transformed their lives and businesses and practical tips and takeaways to move you from spinning in place to forward action so you can create a life of joy. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Fine is a Four-Letter Word. We're getting started. I'm not really doing seasons anymore. You might have noticed I was doing seasons and then uh, we renumbered everything. So it went from one to a hundred and I've stopped doing seasons at the recommendation of uh, a podcasting expert. Plus it gives me a little more flexibility. So I don't have to come up with new uh, topics every month, every season like the first season, the second season I added in men, the third season we were talking about sabbaticals, and then I was getting stuck on, all right, what are we doing for the fourth season? So we just eliminated seasons altogether. Today, (laughs) this episode, I'm talking about doing the things no one else does, and I'm also going to share with you uh, about my summer vacation, my road, it's becoming a, a annual thing now. This is the second annual road trip, August road trip, and what I have in the bag of tricks for my next act of life. All right. So first, let's start with the summer vacation. I took two weeks this year instead of an entire month. And you know, I was without my feline co-pilot. So that was a little bit sad, but still, actually, that gave me more flexibility of where I could go and who I could visit. Now, originally, this was started out as girls weekend. I get together with my two girlfriends from high school every year and we go somewhere different and we do girls weekend. And so this year, the plan was, the plan and the actuality that actually happened was that we were going to Anna Maria Island on the Gulf Coast of Florida because if you recall, or maybe you didn't hear, but that's where I went last year at the end of my my month-long road trip with Panther, we ended up for 10 days on Anna Maria Island on the Gulf Coast of Florida, which is just west of Bradenton and Sarasota. I loved it so much that I have not shut up all year from talking about it. So Debbie and Kathy were like, all right, let's go there for girls weekend. So that's that was the plan. The last weekend in August, I bought a, a plane ticket to go. And then I started thinking, what if I drive? If I drive, I can see more people along the way and and make more connections and just build those relationships. And you know, I'm all about building relationships. So uh, as it got closer, I decided, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to drive. And the reason I drove, like I said, was so that I could find more joy, add, add more joy into my life by connecting to people who matter to me. So um, first stop was in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, where I visited Jack Perez. Jack was a 
a podcast guest back, I it was in the first 15 episodes. Anyway, you can go back. I can put a link to that in the show notes to her episode. Jack and I originally met on Clubhouse, the audio app Clubhouse that kind of became all the rage at the beginning of pandemic or somewhere in pandemic. I think it was 2021, something like that. Um, yeah, so we met through there. She hosts a, a website called Cool Life, K-U-E-L, Cool Life dot com for all things having to do with midlife women. And so anyway, I didn't get together with Jack last year on my trip because she wasn't home when I was driving through North Carolina. Plus I had Panther and that would have made things more challenging. So this year I reached out to her and said, hey, I'm coming through again. And she invited me to stay in her home, which was amazing beautiful home. She's got a gym in this home. And we, Monday morning, I came through on Sunday night and Monday morning, she invited me to work out with her. Man, that was a challenge because I, it was a different kind of workout than I'm used to doing. So that was super fun. Got to see her. Left there on my way down to Aiken, South Carolina to get together with my cousin Renee and saw that I was going to be going through Columbia South Carolina, reached out to somebody that I know from a networking group. And it just so happened, and this is crazy, like if you run a business, you'll understand. He said, the only time I have available that afternoon is at 3.15. And I said, perfect, because that's exactly when I was expecting to be coming through. So, you know, I'm, I've got this mantra that everything is always working out for me, and that's what happens. So I I was able to have an iced tea with him for a 45-minute conversation, during which he referred me to somebody who's going to be helping me uh, with some sponsorship opportunities. So super excited about that. Got to my cousin's, uh, spent the night with her. Haven't seen her in several years. So that was super fun. And that uh, woke up the next morning, drove across the state to visit her brother, who owns a bistro called, it's called Bistro 1188 in Brunswick, Georgia. Highly recommend if you're ever driving through that area, stop and get an amazing lunch. It's open for lunchtime primarily. So yeah, check that out. Then, since I was so close, I got to meet up with my friend Talmar, who recently moved from Northern Virginia down to St. Mary's, Georgia, which is just across the border from Florida and had dinner with her. So in two days, I got to see four people that I really wanted to connect with. Uh, Wait, is that right? Five people. Five. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I feel like I'm the count on Sesame Street. Four people. Five people. (laughs) And then from there, I drove down to, um, stayed overnight there, drove down to Tampa and got together with a couple more people that I know from past things. So we backing up, uh, Jack and I had never met in person and neither had um, Dan, who I had the iced tea with. So this was a fantastic opportunity to meet up with people in real life that I had only known virtually. And it was so weird because it felt like we already knew each other in that way, but we didn't. And so Girls Weekend was amazing. We had the best weather, super hot, but fantastic. Love, still love 
Anna Maria and got to introduce my two friends to it as well. And then that Monday morning, the island was evacuating because of the hurricane. So uh, long story short, it turned out that the hurricane went much further north from there and Anna Maria Island was spared. But on my way out, I managed to meet up with somebody else, Brian Muka, who was also a podcast guest, and I will put a link to his episode here, another person that we'd have have had many conversations in uh, in virtual world, but had never met in person, and I'm so glad that we got a chance to do that. There are some projects I think that we may be able to work on together coming up. And so from there, where do I go for the hurricane, right? Because <laughs> hurricane's coming and I wasn't sure. I was supposed to get together with my friend Tracy, who also moved from Northern Virginia a few months ago. Tracy, oh yeah, Tracy also past podcast guest. Um, you know, Tracy and I actually were friends before the podcast, but the other two that I've mentioned were not friends before the podcast, but you get in a podcast studio with with someone and you just become fast friends. Anyway, Tracy uh, has recently moved to the Tampa area and she was staying with a friend. So I was invited to come and stay at her house for, um, which was a little, little further inland and not, again, not affected by the hurricane. So fantastic opportunity to see her. And then lastly, I had the, the great joy of having lunch with my friend Juliana, who also moved from Northern Virginia down to Sarasota. Are you sensing a trend here of people leaving Northern Virginia and going south? Yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to more of that in a moment. Um, but yeah, it was fantastic to be able to see her and reconnect. This is the thing that's so important to me, and I think to a lot of people it's been missing, is that interpersonal connection, not just connecting virtually and having conversations online, which is fantastic. But this face-to-face energetic exchange, there's nothing else to replace it. We are, as humans, still wired to connect that way. And that is what brings us really the most joy. All right. So speaking of leaving Northern Virginia, huh? I have made the decision to give up my apartment and become a digital nomad. I've been seeing a lot of people doing this. And in fact, I was having a conversation yesterday. I was recording another episode, which you'll get to hear in a few weeks with Amy Palmer. And we were talking about how, you know, back in the day when we were in college, the thing was, at least among my group of friends, the thing was to go do a semester abroad. And my semester was in Copenhagen. Loved it. One of the best things I've ever done. The thing now for our generation and the people who did those semester abroads is to go become a digital nomad and wander wander the world, the country, the world, whether it's in a um, in an RV or just a regular car, whatever that seems to be the trend now. So I'm taking sabbatical a step further. Actually, it's different than a sabbatical because in a sabbatical, I was taking the time off and I wasn't working at all. This, I fully intend to continue working and I can work from wherever I have my computer and my microphone. So the work will continue. I'll just be a digital nomad or as my dad called me, a transient. 
But I got to say, <laughs> if you look up the word transient, yes, that is kind of what I'm doing. But to me, the word transient has that connotation that you're like a street person who doesn't have anywhere. I mean, I'm not going to have anywhere to live, but I'm not a street person either. So <laughs> I'm not not completely homeless street person you know what I'm saying. All right. That's what I think of when I think of a transient. So I was like, no, dad, I'm a digital nomad, not a transient. Anyway, that's what I'm doing. And that was what led to this conversation with my friend about doing things that no one else does, that I am willing to take risks that other people think are crazy. Because when I started telling people that I'm doing this, that is exactly what I was, what I was being labeled as as um, brave, crazy, courageous, insane, pick your adjective, all of those things. I think, I think it's a little bit of all of that. But why am I doing it? Because I'm looking for a new adventure. I, again, I go back to this whole concept that I've come to believe that life is an experiment and, an ex- and it's meant to be experienced. Full transparency here. I'm going to share something. I'm going to be really vulnerable right now. You may have heard me talking about what happened when I took my sabbatical last year and how this amazing business opportunity showed up for me, like the biggest thing that has ever crossed my my plate. And I put my heart and soul into this business opportunity, which was a partnership, for the entire past year. I mean, everything I did went into that because the payoff that we were expecting to get at the end was pretty big. And while I was on my two-week trip this past summer, it became very apparent that this partnership was not working and it wasn't going to, um, it wasn't going to deliver what I expected it to. And I made the decision to end it which was really, really difficult because, like I said, I put my heart and soul into this. Everything for the past 12 months has been directed at making this thing work or attempting, you know, doing everything I could to allow it to flourish. And it didn't. I walk away from it with a ton of lessons, an immense amount of gratitude for the people I met and for the opportunities that were presented and the lessons I learned. Oh my gosh, so much. And you have heard me talking about staying calm in chaos. That program was created for this partnership, but that program will now come back to me and be fully mine to do with it what I like, which will be (laughs) to still offer it to people, but in a different way. Um, Still as a digital program, an evergreen digital program that you can download, um, but under my full control instead of uh, having to make decisions as for as to what was best for the partnership. And now I can make, um, I can take back control of those decisions. A lot, um, like I said, a lot of good came from that, but it, it's also a major disappointment for me that it didn't turn out the way I expected. So that also led me to, okay, what am I going to do now? And that's where I came up with the whole idea of, yeah, I'm going to step out of my apartment and live as a digital nomad for a little bit and see how that goes. Again, 
It's an experiment. If it doesn't turn out how I thought it would, I will turn and do something else. This is, this is what life is about. And I know that's so hard for a lot of people to grasp because it's like, well, but I put all of my energy into that and it didn't work out. And you stay focused on what didn't work instead of, okay, what can I take from this and how do I move forward now? That's always the question. What's next? What's next? What's next? And again, any decision you make is never permanent. You can always change your mind. Going back to that, doing what no one else does, doing things that other people don't have the guts to do or don't have the, the idea to do. Um, you know, I was thinking about this going back several years. One of the examples is that when I had the baking company and the gratitude cookies, I randomly sent an email to Jack Canfield, who is the co-author of all of those chicken soup books. And he talks a lot about gratitude and he has a whole, he has coaching programs and a whole bunch of stuff around gratitude as well. And I just randomly emailed him. I kind of guessed at what I thought the email address would be and I got it right. <laughs> Again, something, something else I'm good at is researching and finding information. When I want it, I can find it. Uh, so I, re- I emailed Jack about maybe doing a partnership or doing some kind of promotion with the gratitude cookies. It ended up not panning out. He did respond and we had a bit of a conversation and it didn't really work out. But the point is that I, I went for it and sent him an email anyway, which a lot of people were like, yeah, I would have never thought to do that. Um, just more recently, I was uh, walking, I was out walking and since I'm moving, I need boxes and I need packing paper. And there were some people moving into a townhouse across the street. The movers were just throwing the paper on the lawn and the boxes as they were unpacking stuff. And I went up and I said, hey, uh, I'm moving soon. Can I take these? Can I take this paper? Can I take these boxes? And they were like, yeah, definitely. Go ahead. We're just going to recycle it anyway. So, um, you know, it comes back to asking for what you want. Asking not just for what you think you deserve or think you can get, but asking regardless. Because if you don't ask, the answer is definitely going to be no. And if you do ask, you might get what you want. The, the whole irony of this, the fact that I do this now, is that I was such a shy kid that if my mom and I went shopping or something, and we were out and I needed to use the bathroom, I'd be like, mom, mom, where's the bathroom? I don't know. Go ask that lady over there. No, mom. No, mom. You ask her. I would have sooner peed my pants than go ask a random stranger where the bathroom was. And so I just find it interesting now that I have uh, really not a lot of fear or hesitation around asking people to do things or to help me, Um, you know, in, in, in a way that I know that they can. I'm not asking people to do impossible things for me, like, you know, give me things that, that would be difficult for them to do. But it's just a, a matter of feeling comfortable asking for what I want and letting people then decide whether they are capable or willing to give it to me. And it's up to them to say no, like no harm, no foul. If you want to say no, all good, but I'm still going to ask. And I encourage you to do the same. 
ask. So what are the risks? Oh, before I go there, I wanted to, to uh, talk about the other about the other risk or the other um, challenge of ask, that goes with asking for what you need and what you want is about speaking your truth. And no matter what other people think, because again, they're going to call you crazy, insane, um, egotistical, selfish, whatever it is that they're going to label you with. Um, it's, it's still up to you to speak your truth because when it comes down to it, what those other people are saying about you, fuck them. This is your life. You're in charge. You get to say what you want to do. So yeah, speaking your truth. So how do you know what your truth is? Comes back to getting quiet enough to hear your inner voice. Go to meditation. Go to walks in the nature. Go to um, you know, taking a, a warm bath with soft music and candles and and essential oils or um, what, what's that other stuff? As Epsom salts. Yeah, getting quiet enough to hear your own inner voice and your inner truth because you're the only one who can hear it. And that's what's never going to steer you wrong. That is how you get to taking risks like leaving a job, leaving a marriage, leaving a project like the one I just described to you about the partnership and, and coming to that difficult decision to leave something like that. Um, all of those things I just mentioned are not done lightly ever, really. Anybody who thinks that, that those kind of decisions are made without a lot of thought and heartache doesn't know. Um, and it could come back to, you know, a risk could be, it could be something really enormous like that, or it could be something that feels enormous to you that doesn't look like that big a deal to somebody who's not you. One of, um, one of my listeners emailed me a few months ago and she was in between jobs and she was looking to take a sabbatical and just take some time by herself. But everybody in her circle was telling her that that was a dangerous thing to do as a single woman to go off on a, a trip by herself. And so she reached out to me for some suggestions on where to go. Long story short, I, I did share some suggestions with her, but she came up with her own plan and took four days to drive around visiting waterfalls and spending time by herself, which she had never done before. And I'm going to get choked up now because it's so emotional for me that when she got back and she emailed me about how this had changed her life um, and that she took this brave step to do something that she would have never done before and how transformational it was for her. So those are the kinds of things that I'm encouraging you as you're listening to make decisions, to take risks on. They, those things that feel so scary, those are the most transformational things that you can go through and the most valuable in your life. How do I make these choices? So that's another part of the conversation that I've been having with some people, with some friends 
about, uh, yeah, let me just like wipe away these tears because I did so powerful, the transformations that we're able to make. And, and, um, it really touched me that somebody who listens to the show got, got that kind of transformation out of it. Um, yeah. So how do I make these choices? You know, a lot of, again, a lot of people want to make these decisions or take these kinds of chances, but they don't because they're afraid of the outcome or the consequences, or they don't want to be a burden to other people. They don't want to inconvenience them with their decisions. Well, you know, if I go away for four days, then what are the, you know, who's going to cook the meals and who's going to wash the clothes? Like, you know what? Fuck it. They, they, whoever's left behind, they'll figure it out. I'm not saying leave, leave small children and babies at home by themselves, but, you know, people, you don't have to do all the things for everyone except yourself. There are certainly times, probably more than you think, when it is the smartest thing you can do is to make a decision and take a chance on yourself and to not, I don't want to say not worry, but not worry about what's going to happen if you do. There are what I would consider three of the biggest fears that are holding people back from doing this stuff. You know, you hear a lot about, um, well, I'm afraid what other people will think. That's what's holding people back. I think that's part of it. That's a small part of it. But most people are afraid to even mention it to other people. So what other people are going to think is, probably not as big a deal. It's a great, it's a great excuse. That's what I think it is. It's just an excuse. But the real fears, the fear of change, the fear that changing anything is going to be uncomfortable and unfamiliar. You know what? That one's valid. It is going to be uncomfortable and unfamiliar. And that's okay. That's what change is. You cannot go through a significant change without some discomfort. I know. It sucks. It sucks as we would say uh, back in the day. It sucks moo. But (laughs) this is how you get there. So you have to be willing to wade through that. The second one is the fear of the process. It's going to be too hard. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not going to have the support I need. Yeah. Again, valid. Um, I don't think it's valid that it's going to be too hard. It, as, we've, as I said, it's going to be difficult, but I don't know about too hard. Like too hard that you can't do it? Hard, but still doable. I'm not good enough. Again, this excuse is, is tiresome. You are good enough. And it's a matter of, of getting the support that you need to rewire your brain or to help you believe in yourself before you can, you know, having somebody else to believe in you before you can believe in yourself. I've had mentors do that for me. Um, I won't have the support that I need. Possibly the people that you have in your life right now are not going to support you and are not going to be a good enough support to get you through it. And this is why you need to seek out people who will support you. Now, going back to those questions again, where I'm kind of being hard ass about, you know, I'm not good enough. Yeah, that's not true. 
ask yourself, is this irrefutably true? That it will be too hard, that you're not good enough, that you won't have support, that you can't do it, that you have, you know, whatever your excuse is, ask yourself, is this irrefutably true? And number two, what do you get by staying stuck? By staying in the same place, how are you benefiting here? I remember asking a friend a few months ago this same question because she was struggling with being stuck in a place that she didn't like. And I said, well, you're getting something out of still being there because otherwise you wouldn't be there. And she argued with me, but I will stay standing firmly on this one. If you are stuck, it is because in large part, you're getting something out of being in that place. If you weren't, you would move. There is some benefit you're getting by staying there. And the third big fear is the fear of the outcome. What if it's not what I expect? What if the grass is always greener and it's not, you know, the grass looks greener from over here, but then it's not as green once I get over there. And what if no one likes me once I get to that place? Again, this is why it's so important to seek out the support of a group that will be super encouraging and not trying to hold you back? And what if it's not what I expect? As I said just a little bit earlier, maybe it won't be. What if I, you know, I went through this whole past year and I've ended now in a place that I did not expect, not even by a long shot of where I expected to be? You know what? Again, still so much gratitude for what I've learned along the journey. And now I can make a different choice. Now I can move from where I am now. Okay, here's where I have moved so far from where I was a year ago. Not to where I expected to be, but still moved. Still transformational. Now, reevaluating where am I today and what do I do to move to take another big step forward from here. Same thing for you. The next question, what if you don't? What if you don't face those fears? What if you don't make that choice or that decision to do the thing that you really want to do? What happens then? What is the price? You know, the these um, you hear about these uh, surveys that they do with people who are in hospice and what are their biggest regrets? And I'm not going to go through them all here now because I don't have them in front of me, but one of them, I never remember one of them is that I didn't take more chances, that I didn't bet on myself more. And so here's your chance. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. If you don't, what happens then? The risk of regret, the greatest risk of all is that risk of not doing the thing and regretting that you didn't take the risk. Most people regret not what they didn't do. Wait, most people regret not doing something as opposed to doing something and having it not turn out how they expected. Yeah. Um, And then who do you want to become? Who are you waiting to become right now? Look at your life. Look at yourself. Look at who you are. Who would you like to become now? And instead of asking how do I get to that person, that's kind of too general. 
ask yourself, what steps can I take to get there? Or who do I need to meet? Who can help me? What can I do? Not the how question. The how is the domain of the universe. Ask better questions. What steps can I take? What do I need to know? Who do I need to know? As I was writing the outline for this episode, I looked out of the corner of my eye and I saw on the door of my balcony or the door to the balcony, a dragonfly. I have never seen a dragonfly before in up here at all. Never. I've, I mean, I've seen a dragonfly before in the world, but I have never seen a dragonfly here. And so I had to go look up what is the meaning of a dragonfly. And the dragonfly is a symbol of self that comes with maturity. They can symbolize going past self-created illusions that limit our growth and ability to change. The dragonfly has been a symbol of happiness, new beginnings, and change for many centuries. The dragonfly means hope, change, and love. That comes from a website called dragonflytransitions.com. I thought that was pretty cool since we're talking about change and transformation and starting over or starting again, which is you know something we can do every single day, start again, each new day, start again. And that dragonfly showed up. It's pretty wild. All right, before I close this episode, I've got a question for you. If I were to put together, oh, wait, you know what? Before we go there, I didn't tell you where I'm going as a digital nomad. And you know what? I'm not exactly sure where I'm going. Help me decide where I'm going. One thing I think I'm going to do, not think, I am going to do, is house sitting. There's a really cool website called trustedhousesitters.com that I found. And um, it's going to allow me to stay at people's houses for free and take care of their kitties. So I, in exchange for kitty care, I get to stay for free. And that gives me the opportunity to live in different places and experience different cities and play with kitties. Since I have been missing mine for the entire past year, it's been a whole year since Panther passed. It's been about uh, six. 17 months since karma. So um, yeah, the whole past year has been lived without kitties in my life for the first time in 30 years. So then now I will get to play with kitties and have a place to live. Expect that I will be traveling around the country. And so here's where this question comes in. Um, If I were to put together a small fuck being fine group to help you with decision-making to help you work through the one challenge or issue that you're facing so that you could move forward and do the thing that you've been wanting to do for a while, like hire or not hire an assistant, uh, start a new project, uh, what to do with your remaining vacation days, or even decide on something relatively small. Like last year, uh, someone in the audience of my presentation at the Badass Business Summit chose between going away for the weekend to meet friends or staying home for a family thing. And she was really stuck on which one of these things should I do. I want to do both of them equally. And that was the the challenge that she brought to the room. I helped her come to a decision about that. It was not a group decision. This isn't group think. It's a, a process I have that helps people make 
decisions that come from the heart. Um, so would you be interested in participating in a small fuck being fine group to help with that decision-making and clarity. I'm thinking we could do these in person when I'm traveling through the different places, or it could be virtual. Are you in? Let me know. You know how to find me. Email me, message me through the socials ASAP, because if we do it, we're going to start in the next couple weeks. All right. Take good care. See you on the next episode of Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Thanks for listening to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. If you enjoyed the show, please follow and share it with a friend. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform to help others discover it too. You can find links to my socials on my website, zenrabbit.com. And before you go, take a moment to reflect on what you're grateful for today. Remember, you have the power to create a life you love, and I am proud of you. Thanks for joining me and take care.